From JMI Wealth, Andrew Kelleher, good morning. Yeah, morning, Mike. Hey, happy birthday. Oh, my, well, thank you very much. You know, I'll just, you know, I might just sit around at home today. Yeah, good on you. Hey, is yeah. the gold card arrived today or is it later in the week? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm one step closer. I bet you are, aren't we all? Hey, what's uh, confidence? Is this confidence within the lockdown period? Uh, yes, yes. So it, 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 it is. And um, so this is the ANZ Business Outlook and they're publishing preliminary reads on this. So it's giving us a sort of a running score on, on business confidence. And look, they, they, they're characterising business confidence as being resilient. And I think I have made this point before because it, it is resilient. The numbers have held up pretty well. But I think this time we know what's going on. We know we'll come out of it. It's just a question of duration and, and unfortunately though for a certain number of businesses uh, we do have to sort of step through level three and then level and then delta two otherwise known as 2.5 so you know i really feel for the hospo i'm just actually starting to wonder mike around the office how many of the hospo businesses will actually reopen yep, this exactly. time around but but look looking at the numbers um business confidence actually rose mike it was up seven points to minus seven own activity which is my preferred headline number that was unchanged with a net 18 percent of firms um, expecting to increase activity. The forward-looking activity indicators, they held up well too. Employment and investment intentions, though, slipped slightly, uh, still at pretty robust levels. Though the detail here, Mike, that was important, the detail. Um, this is the really interesting bit. Profitability. Expected profitability dipped more meaningfully. You've now got a net 13% expecting lower profits. And why is that? It's the cost pressures, Mike. They are amazingly extreme. I mean, a net just around 83% of business is reporting higher costs. I mean, that is real. That is a significant number. Capacity utilisation, that's a good read on GDP. That's also remarkably robust. But on those cost pressures, um, we're hearing anecdotal evidence now of really significant pricing in the construction sector, really significant. Mm. And the more information we get on what's happening with shipping and shipping costs, the scarier it gets. I mean, there's now talk of import surcharges, uh, problems with empty containers not being recycled, uh, level four is not helping, is complicating the capacity issues at container depots as well. So look, I just can't see supply not being a real issue in the lead up to Christmas. Exactly. So that's the business side of the equation. Fortunately, on the domestic side, food is so much cheaper and rents come down. Oh, hang on. No, it hasn't. <laughs> that's all right. And we're out of level three next week. We're into level three next week, too. Yeah, that and other fairy tales. Anyway, um, yesterday, we uh, this sort of slipped under the radar, but uh, information on food price inflation and rental inflation. Food price index. This is August food price changes. I look at the annual numbers here because there's just so much noise in the monthly numbers. It, it's rising at less than the general rate of inflation, which seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because everything just seems to be more expensive. But I'm pretty sure this data was collected before we went into level four. So the September data will be more interesting. But annual food price inflation up 2.5%, or 2.4%, let's be exact. Uh, restaurant meals, key contributor, 4.6%. Remember restaurants? Um, grocery up 1.9%. Meat, poultry and fish up 2.2%. Um, and the data that never seems to get a lot of attention, rental price uh, inflation. Uh, this is what's called the flow measure, which my understanding is that includes rental properties that change hands over the, over the period. It's up 5.4% annually, which is a pretty significant rise for a, a fundamental living cost. And remember, that does feed into the CPI. It does feed into general inflation. Okay. And what about Evergrande? Is it going to go pop? 
Yeah, just keep an eye on this. This is this development in Evergrande, Chinese property developer, and, and it's teetering on the edge of default. Um, the debt this company has is absolutely huge, Mike. It's the same debt as a small European country. I've read numbers as high as $300 billion worth of debt. So just keep an eye on this because there's a risk of contagion here. Lots of question marks over what the Chinese authorities do. Will it be too big for fail? Developing story. We'll just keep an eye on it in the background. Good stuff. Numbers, please. Right, well, I can celebrate my birthday with the Dow Jones being up slightly, uh, 34,716 overnight. Uh, the S&P 500, unfortunately, is down uh, three points, 4,455, and the NASDAQ uh, down 56 points, 15,060 overnight. The FTSE 100 up 39, 7068, the Nikkei up 65, 30447, Shanghai Composite up 12, 3715. Uh, the ASX 200 up 19, 7425. But the NZX50 had a, had a good day yesterday, up 107 points, 13,170. Kiwi dollar, uh, 0.7103 on the wholesale markets against the US. Very strong against the Aussie. Geez, it'd be great to go there on holiday, wouldn't it? 0.9652 against the Aussie. 0.6018 euro, 0.5135 pounds, 78.14 yen. Gold, $1,791, and Brent crude, $73.40. You enjoy your day, mate. Appreciate it as always. Andrew Kelleher, jmowealth.co.nz.